This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beat the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I'm your host, Xavier Josiah, and this is going to be a really laid-back episode this week. Of course, due to the pandemic, there's not that much news going on in the world, unfortunately. So I decided to invite somebody that I had a uh, pleasure of meeting uh, a while back during our uh, Naruto Zoom session, and his name is Tracy C. Dory. He is a friend of Molly Flanagan's. He's also an aspiring actor and, you know, pretty cool uh, dude, if I may say myself. And I wanted to have him on to, you know, introduce himself to talk about what he's doing, what his journey is. And and as well, of course, this is ACMG. So we're going to talk about his favorite fandoms as well. So, Tracy, what's going on, man? Welcome to Talk Time Live. Hey there, Dax. Good to uh, be on the show. Thank you for having me. Hello, everybody. Don't you love that, like, articulate Carlton-like so <laughs> God, God bless him. He, he's, great for, he's great for the voice. So welcome yeah. to the show. And, you know, we got a chance to meet, like I, told, like I said, um, during the Naruto uh, Zoom session, which, you know, always thank you, Molly Flanagan, for always inviting. Yeah. <laughs> she is a hell of a person. Um, an angel of more ways than one. And, uh, you know, they were talking about, you know, she was pushing, you know, plugging Tracy all up, saying uh, how much talent, how talented he is, how much he's been doing uh, as an aspiring actor himself. And I wanted to learn a little bit more about him because you seem like a really cool dude and a really interesting, intriguing dude. So I got you on the show. First question I have for you is how did you and Molly meet? 
So Miley came to uh, this musical that I was doing called For the Love of a Glove. Mm. And it's a musical about um, it's a satirical musical about Michael Jackson and his early career, ah. uh, you know, when the Jackson five formed yeah. through when uh, around the time he recorded Thriller. Right. And it was it was involved use of puppets that we that the actors wore on our bodies. It was really it was oh, a really wow. fun experience. A lot of ra- it was very raunchy, too. Are you talking uh, like are you when you talk about puppets that you had to wear? Was it kind of like the uh, I would say like Lion King type of construct? Um. So not not that elaborate, of course, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, it was like not quite. If I remember, because if I'm remembering right, Lion King, like, you know, operated the puppets on their heads. Oh, it was it was crazy, but it was very well designed. Truly, truly amazing uh, puppet puppet work. But uh, no, we would these puppets, we would like strap onto our bodies Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we would operate their heads with our with one hand and their arms with another hand and their legs were strapped to our legs. So when we moved our legs, their legs would move. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. It was, uh, that, that's the kind of puppet work. It was inspired by, uh, Bunraku, which is a Japanese style of, uh, puppet making. I do. Re- yes. I am aware of that. Okay. Now I got, now I got the picture of what you guys yeah. are doing. <laughs> yeah. So in hindsight, what were you, how were you involved in that exactly? So I was playing, um, Jermaine Jackson and I, I can under- see that. <laughs> Yeah, and I understudied Michael's. I had a whole, I had a whole weekend as uh, as Michael Jackson himself, and that and this was uh, an amazing experience. Experience both uh, playing both roles was truly wonderful. That and awesome. funnily enough, uh, Michael was my first understudy gig, my first and only understudy gig so far. Wow! So <laughs> talk about a lot. Yeah, Molly, and you met Molly through that. Did she introduce herself to you, or how does that go? Yeah. Uh, so um, after after one show, I was playing Jermaine. Uh, Miley came up and she was like, yo, you were incredible. I was like, oh, my God, I recognize your voice. And I recognize <laughs> I was about you. to say, I you almost channeled her voice real quick. I, heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You always got the grit, the, you know, the grasps or the, if that's even a term, <laughs> the gruff side of her voice. I, I, I you literally almost channeled that. <laughs> no. You know, <laughs> I, I've tried to like you know do that for a long time because you know Naruto was one of my favorite cartoons when I was anime when I was coming up. Absolutely. And, and obviously Naruto had such an iconic voice, and I never felt like I was able to do it that well to uh, to imitate it that well. So, mm-hmm. but if you think I if you think I am, thank you. <laughs> I felt like you were you you were channeling that conversation that you had and her her normal tone and dialogue was just starting to come in just a tiny bit. Like, I, like if I didn't stop you, you probably would have went full blast. <laughs> you know, I'm, I might have. It, it's entirely possible. <laughs> and I was about to say, you better get it right because she almost cursed you out the first time. <laughs> so also, like, so what led to you wanting to become an actor in the first place? When, when, when did it spark? When did you first fall in love with acting? Um, In middle school, about. Um, I went to a regular middle school and, uh, one of the administrators recommended to me to take the acting class because, you know, she heard me singing and she was like, yeah, Tracy, you should take the drama class. I'm like, okay, Miss Blair, thank you. <laughs> uh, I auditioned, took the intro to drama class and it was really fun. I loved transforming every part about me, you know, mm. how I moved, how I spoke, the quality of my voice. And it was just, I, to this day have not experienced anything like it, anything that gives me that sense of joy 
that acting does. And uh, when I was in eighth grade, I was like, yep, I want to be an actor. <laughs> Anybody in particular that you looked at as a, a point of reference or inspiration growing up? Like, who were your favorites? Um, man, that, this is a question that like, I always, I always, you gotta, you gotta think heavily. <laughs> I do. Um, I think, uh, Denzel, Denzel was a very, a very prominent actor. I mean, yeah. like he, he was, he was an amazing, amazing black actor mm -hmm. who everybody knows. Yeah. So he's just on the top of every pedestal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, that goes without saying, um, Morgan Freeman yeah. was, a, was another was another one who now that I think about him, I'm just like, oh my God, yeah. I mean the way the way that his voice is just uh so Morgan Freeman has a very iconic voice. Yeah. Everyone knows that. Yeah, <laughs> and, absolutely. Um, I think that that might might have planted a seed in my head at some point. <laughs> and uh this was some this is a more of a recent discovery actually. Mm -hmm. But um Tara Sands who uh who's a voice actor, yeah. uh she does she does the voice for Bulbasaur for anyone who doesn't know. Mm-hmm. She actually planted the seed in my head to become a voice actor, and I discovered that like two weeks ago. Oh wow! How did that interaction come? Uh, so I, I went to a comic con with my uncle when I was like fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. And I, saw, they, you know, I saw everyone like at their panels and whatnot, and I saw this woman. I had no idea who she was, but to be fair, I didn't know who anybody was. Right. I was just like, this is so cool. Mm -hmm. and I decided to approach this woman. Uh, and I was like, I don't know you. What do you do? And she said, I play the voice of Bulbasaur. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and she, and she, did, she did the voice of me right there and then. And I was like, oh, my God, that is so cool. And then I thought about it. I was like, I realized how much fun that she was having while doing that voice. And yeah. not many jobs are about having fun. Mm -hmm. So... When I saw that, I think that start that planted the seed in my head to become a voice actor, and I discovered that I wanted to be a voice actor like you know two or three years later, whenever it was, and uh, I hadn't taken any steps to pursue it yet, but Tara planted that seed, so yeah. I'm gonna be forever grateful to her for that. So is voice acting, which is you know in all respect acting, period, but in particular voice acting. Um, do you, is that something that you really want to do? Or do you ever think about doing want to do live action as well? Or, I mean, I've been doing live action for like you know as long as I've been doing acting. Yeah. And voiceover acting is is a more recent development. Yeah. And I kind of want to do it all: uh, television, yeah. film, voiceover acting, uh, theater, because that's that's what I know, and there's a magic to it that yes. the other mediums don't have and the other mediums have a magic that theater doesn't have mm -hmm. so let's do it all man you know thank you you know it's funny that you said that too because i just spoke with somebody that uh is in the business that i am which is like media you know uh multimedia and such like that and one of the things especially when it comes to, in terms of graphic design is that they always you all they always tell you and i say they as in the people who are so quote-unquote established will always tell you that you should have a niche and stick with that niche. And that's like just, to me, it's just like one point perspective. That's a one point perspective look of how people, I, I, I sometimes I think it was a trap when people tell me that you should have a niche because in hindsight, you're limiting yourself the opportunity of being able to master other different traits and styles 
and cre- it forms a creativity. Um, <laughs> there's a there, in, in graphic design, in the world of graphic design, there's a you know there's a grandfather of graphic design. His name is Paul Rand. And many people tend to forget that Paul Rand, a guy, uh, other another legend, Sal Bass, these guys were graphic designers of their time, but they never did one thing. They did like the UPS logo and the uh, and the IBM logo and all this stuff, and they did. But aside from that, they were doing magazine covers, they were doing book covers, they were doing all this stuff that were that made them iconic. So I'm, I'm telling, I'm looking at myself like, why am I just sticking to like just doing, you know? logos for just one niche of people that that limits me dimensionally as to where I want what I could possibly do with my ability and I think you're absolutely correct you should not just settle for one thing if especially if you have if you feel that you have the ability to do more you know so I I absolutely I, I totally concur with that uh with that uh philosophy right there so um what have you done so far that um would say if like somebody was to t- somebody was to go to you right now and say you know give me your best work what would you say was your best work so far? Man, um, I I think that would it would have to be the the for the love of a glove mm-hmm. um, that <laughs> I, I can't I don't really know how to explain that I, that's mm-hmm. there's just um, I think there was just a magic to that to that musical that brought brought the best out of me mm-hmm. and. I tried to make sure I left it on that stage every night. Of course, there were nights. Of course, with every live performance, with every performance, absolutely, put it all there, on the table. <laughs> there's not, there's, you're not going to be perfect all the time, right? But I tried to make sure that I was, um, yeah. or if as close to perfect as I could be. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this music just this musical just had a way of doing that with me. <laughs> it just made I I just needed to make sure that I did. My best, not that I don't do my best with the other perform with other work right, that I do. Right. This was something else. My my first big project. Mm-hmm. Um, I the, guess an the one that truly tested you, in other words. Yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, this is this is we're talking about icons that the entire world knows. Yes. And let that be in the eighties, and you were doing that. You were really been tested, <laughs> man. Because <laughs> let me tell you, back in the eighties, especially the eighties, when mm-hmm. he was at an all-time high in the world, like before the Kardashians, like nobody was hiring Mike. Like, if you did anything remotely, like Mike, let alone any of the Jacksons, you were a made fan. If you even did a moonwalk exactly like Mike, you see what it did for Alfonso Rivero. Literally, I don't know if people know, like if, to the younger generation that is listening right now, you know, Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know, how, do you know how he actually got his uh, his career going? Actually, I do not. I, I will. I will educate you. Please. In the 80s, he was in a Michael. He was in a Pepsi commercial featuring Michael Jackson which is a rarity for anybody during that time. Like uh, he was untouchable. There was no social media to go troll anybody and go and do what they're doing today. He did, he got the opportunity of a lifetime to be in a Pepsi commercial. And what made him shine, what made him stand out was that he not only was in this commercial, Michael Jackson, but this little adorable looking black kid 
with, I believe, the same type of Jerry Curl that he had at the time, too. I think we could YouTube that. I guarantee we could find this um, commercial. But he, did, he, he had this commercial, and he danced exactly like Michael Jackson. Let me tell you how this dude... If if there was uh, there was Instagram back in the day, the dude would probably have a couple million. Alfonso mm-hmm. Rivera would probably have a couple million followers automatically. But mm-hmm. it did skyrocket his career. Next thing you know, he wound up in a show called Silver Spoons, which he was famously known for. And then years later, they uh, he you kept seeing him after a while. But it wasn't until he was casted onto uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air and like reinvented himself with the um, with Carlton. And mm-hmm. it really set him for life because, you know, he's already been in the game or he probably was one of the most established people in that show at the time, except for uh, James Avery, of course, um, yeah. and, and uh, the original Aunt Viv. Um, he was like really like the youngest but established probably guy in that show. And he's been around. But if it wasn't for that commercial of him dancing like Michael Jackson, he probably wouldn't. We probably wouldn't know who, uh, who in the world he was, and you probably wouldn't know what uh, America's Funniest Home Videos <laughs> would have mm-hmm. a new host by now. So, uh, I mean, like, man, the '80s would have been your world <laughs> if you would have done it back then. Trust me. Even Jermaine. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny that you brought up that commercial because mm-hmm. uh, we had two choreographers on the show, mm-hmm. and one of whom was in that commercial. Are you serious? Totally. Uh, his name was um, his name was uh, Brian Anthony. Mm-hmm. He, I think in the commercial he was the kid carrying the boombox. Yes. Um. So so yeah. Uh. That that commercial has has some prevalence, man. It does. It, it's it's, it's actually for as far as commercials go and, and uh, promotional uh you know content. That's probably one of the most iconic and legendary commercials of all time, especially because Pepsi was a huge deal when having Michael Jackson and they did their uh, marketing campaign of a choice of a new generation and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And to have Alfonso in the middle of that, man, it, it's, it, it's insane. Like you, you were a made man. It, even if you were in a, if you, even if you were in a block and you knew how to sing like Michael Jackson, even, oh God, if you knew how to sing like Michael Jackson, you're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you are, you're, you're going to be, Dating for a long time. So it's just, it was really that big, man. Because like there was two things you could do in the '80s that was huge: have the highest score in Pac-Man or Donkey Kong, and dance and sing like Michael Jackson. That's <laughs> pretty much it. So. so as far as that, like, what are some of the biggest challenges that you are finding, you know, aspiring to be an actor and getting established? Um, right now. There is a severe lack of work. Yeah. I don't know if you heard, but there is a global pandemic happening. No. <laughs> yeah. It, dude, it's terrible. <laughs> but um, yeah. And honestly, um, we might we might have still even be even been performing the musical. It was a possibility mm-hmm. if uh, the pandemic wasn't happening. Right. As a matter of fact, we were set to extend. Wow. Uh, but yeah, the pandemic the pandemic uh you know lockdown happened and. It wasn't happening anymore. Yeah. We're hoping that it can get like you know, we can we can bring it back when this is all said and done. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's a severe lack of of work. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that brings about a uh, a new thing for me, which is you know just diving into voiceover work. Yeah. This is the time. It is. Uh, yeah, I I got some equipment. Uh, I got I bought myself a mic, a pop filter, made myself a little makeshift. Uh, a voiceover studio. You learn with, from the professionals. 
And, and, and for, for those who don't know, and if you watch Toonami, by the way, they do actually mention this. Um, and we know this from like when we were doing the Zoom chat with the uh, cast mm-hmm. that, you know, due to the pandemic, that a lot of them are doing their studio work at home. And to their credit, they are doing a phenomenal job because you wouldn't even know that they are doing it probably at their home, maybe in the closet, <laughs> just to make sure that that sound goes exactly like it does, you know, in their, uh, in the studio. It's amazing. <laughs> but that's a lot of them are reverting to right now. So you, um, you got the survival kit. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, we're auditioning, you know, auditioning, looking on sites to, uh, to like, you know, for me, I'm looking on behind the voice actors mm-hmm. and casting call club and they post, all the projects that people are are putting out and like you know want you know assistance with or actors for and whatnot. Yeah. So so that's where I'm that's where I'm finding my work right now. That's awesome. Uh, there's always I always tell people like even in and even in the most challenging situations there is always a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is, you really if you really want it you always got to know that there is always a way. There's no there's no not there's no stopping. <laughs> yeah. And then here, and then here, there, there's, there's like this flip side to that, which, um, which people are struggling with. Um, I, I personally was feeling very, very sad mm-hmm. when this quarantine hit. Uh, for, for one, you know, I couldn't see my friends, like not couldn't see my friends. There's yeah. Skype, Zoom, thank goodness for that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> man, <laughs> I, I tell people all the time, like, can you imagine? If this was the 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s, so forth, so on. And we didn't, we were going through this pandemic, but we did not have the technology that we have now to not only just, you know, remain social with, you know, friends and family or to do this show, but also to just function, you know, yeah. mentally as, as, as stable as we could possibly can. And all that they asked us to do, they don't ask us to do much. They just ask us to stay our asses in the house. How, right. You really think about that mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed yeah. to what it could have been like decades ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, pe- and people are coming and talking about how this is like, you know, a breach on our rights and whatnot. Which honestly makes me sick. But that's another discussion for another time. Oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know that I know that you know that I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was talking with my friend the other day and um he was saying that it's 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 very hard for him to feel positive right now, mm-hmm. um, and understandably so. Yeah, there is a global pandemic; people are dying, and we have limited access to our friends and family, yeah. and to the to do the things that we love. Yeah, it's okay if you feel sad or down or defeated. Absolutely, you're you're, you're allowed to feel that way. You don't have to be, you know, productive 100% of the time. Yeah. That kind of unrealistic and maybe a little unhealthy too. <laughs> to be too damn busy, busy. Yeah. yeah. You got to balance it out. You got to ba- exactly that and that's that's what I was going to say. You have to you have to find that balance, you know. For me, I was like, all right, yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling defeated, but like I to prever- preserve my own sanity. Yeah. Even if like, you know, things don't work out, I'm just I'm just gonna keep going, you know. So allow you myself, it, right? Allow yourself to feel whatever you feel, like you know when you need to feel it. Yeah. But still, make sure that you are working to whatever to whatever your goal is, mm-hmm. or doing something to make you to make you happy. Yeah. 
But you know, the uh, really interesting thing about this is that, and I can't speak for you uh, as a as a uh, black man in this day and age or anybody, but normally most of us in our community, you know, we we had our trials and tribulations growing up. So a lot of what's going on and the results and you know of what's going on, consequently, is what stuff that we've already known how to handle from the jump. So it's really. For us, it's it's like, all right, we've been there before. We know what to do in case of. But for some people of certain different stratifications and certain other demographics, they it's hitting them hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hitting them so hard to a point that like it, it's it's a it's a culture shock. Yeah, and it's understandably so. I mean, it's hard to understand to have an answer for any of how to handle this situation or help anybody else to some extent. You can only do the best you can. Right. There's no two plus two to this. No, no, no. It's more like positive times negative equals a negative. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way I see it. It's like that's that's the way I, I've been watching this whole entire trying to understand the coronavirus. Positive times negative equals a negative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got you think you know, but you don't know, and as a result, we're doomed. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, um, let's let's flip the script for a minute. Let's talk some ACMG real quick. Let's do it. You obviously you said you were an anime fan. Out of mm-hmm. anime, comics, movies, and games, what are you most frequent? Uh, video games and anime. All right, let's talk. What's your what's your uh, what's your favorite anime? We gonna get to the video games in a second. Yes. <laughs> um. So right now, uh, my favorite anime is My Hero Academia. Yes. My goodness i am in love with this anime yeah i, I did uh, say this is like the uh it hasn't gotten yet not you know it's funny i mm-hmm. felt like if not for dragon ball super mm-hmm. that might have been like the torchbearer for naruto mm. Mm. i really felt that that's what they were aiming for and that's what they were going for when they created when this was uh becoming a big thing in manga and then it came out and i remember the first time i saw Midoriya, a deco mm-hmm. and uh it was uh i think somebody somebody actually did a uh fan art of him with luffy and naruto and uh goku and mm-hmm. it's, and saying and, and you know holding on to um midoriya and saying like it's your turn and yes like, and and that's right there i was like who is this kid <laughs> what is going on here and i had to do my research i found out and i started watching the show i was like okay i see where this is going He's the new one. <laughs> they yeah. got a new one. But Dragon Ball Super came out and just stopped. <laughs> Especially with the tournament of power, it just really, really stopped. I'm like, damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've not, I've not actually watched Dragon Ball Super. I'm not the biggest Dragon Ball fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I play, I played, I played some of the games. Yeah. And they're, and they're fun games. Yeah. They as, are. as an anime, they, it, they, it just doesn't work for me. Uh, what is it about so, My Hero and and also Naruto that intrigues you the most? And I almost feel like I know this answer, but go ahead. I want to hear your, uh, your thoughts on this. So with My Hero, um, My Hero is very special to me because I think that Deku is like an amazing protagonist. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's incredible that someone would dare write a shonen protagonist who is as sensitive as Midoriya is. Yeah, I think I, it's amazing. Because a lot of the shonen protagonists aren't really in touch with their feelings, and you know that is true. I mean, you look at Naruto; he's a little bit like resentful of everything that's going on in his life. Um, and you got like a Goku who's just simple-minded, but he's just optimistic as all hell. Mm-hmm. 
Midoriya, yeah, he is very much in touch with his feelings, and he's not afraid to show them. And he's I think not, that's awesome. <laughs> it's super awesome. And uh, it, people say that he cries too much, which he, it, it kind of annoys me when people say that because it's like it's okay for, for boys to cry. Here's the thing. And I get this all the time. I, I'm on Facebook groups. I'm on my ACMG Facebook group as well. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening and you're in that group, I'm sorry. I'm about to let you. I'm gonna let your card out. <laughs> oh. Basically, when you hear people say that, that is them in denial. Oh, mm. and, and it, I was just saying denial of what they want to feel, but they don't allow themselves to feel because mm. they're afraid of. I don't not failure, but um, afraid of uh, being. being vulnerable and it's and and don't realize that it's okay to be vulnerable actually some of the most strongest people allow themselves to be vulnerable because they know they can get back up and that's Mm -hmm. exactly i believe what you're talking about because that's what he does when the time comes he is at the front he is in the forefront yeah totally i i I posted in in my in uh two my hero academia facebook groups that i'm on uh and i was like yo i don't get the hate from midoriya like the point, the points being, it's okay for it's okay for boys to cry. So it's amazing that Midori is a shonen protagonist who does cry, who is sensitive. Yeah. Um, it's okay that you know he he gets help. People because people are like, oh, you know, Mirio is a, is a better character. Uh, and we're, we're not going to talk about why. For <laughs> you know, but uh, <laughs> but I think the thing is, Mirio was was pre- presented as the regular shonen protagonist yeah well doria is presented as a realistic protagonist i i understand it yes and then you're there's right, also you're right midoriya is on a journey mm-hmm. the, the whole the whole point of the show is that he is be, he's learning how to become a hero yeah every he, people people compare him to everyone else in the show and i'm like yeah that's fine and great and all but you have to keep in mind that midoriya has in the show, it's not even been a year mm-hmm. since he got one for all. Yeah, everyone has had pretty much their entire lives, and I mean literally everyone else in the show has had pretty much their entire lives to have some control over their quirk, to learn how to use it. Midoriya had, in comparison, got his quirk yesterday. Not only just that, but he has the quirk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so on top of that, he has All Might's quirk, which is basically supposed to be the greatest of them all. And that's a lot of responsibility. That's the, you know, the, um, what is they saying? The, uh, the one who wears the crown, the heavy. <laughs> wears, yeah. Mm-hmm. He has a lot to handle. So when you look at it, people, the thing is, people look at anime from a one to two dimensional uh, mindset mm-hmm. and perspective. They don't look at the outcome until they probably not until years later when they look back at it mm-hmm. and really understand. And that's the thing about anime. That's the thing that I think that's been lost in anime is that the fans, they see pow, bang, boom. Yeah. But they lack the sophistication of understanding why anime is such a great art and mm-hmm. why it's just not your normal form of animation. It It, it focuses on a lot of maturity it focuses a lot on psychological aspects uh you know that i I give you a great example i mean we'll talk naruto as well especially Mm -hmm. that i mean like that to me is like stand by me the anime (laughs) 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 and if you look at some sagas it it just it, it comes off like that and then you got 
one of my greatest animes of all time, and that's uh, Neo Genesis Evangelion. I don't know if you've ever watched that. but I have not, unfortunately. I highly, I would say I highly recommend it. But, uh, well, see, since you know what, since you never watched it, you can go, if you have Netflix, you could go and watch it because it's on there. But the problem is, like, for those who watched it, the originals, they took all the voices and changed it. And then they also took all the signature iconic music. They had uh, Frank, no. they, they had Frank Sinatra's Fly Me to the Moon that was playing at the end of the every episode that was sung by a female performer. And they took that up because they didn't want to pay the rights to it. Uh, there were so many. I, it's hard for me to watch it because the original voices are out there. But with, in that respect, it is still one of the greatest animes of all time because of the nature and the the narrative and the premise of it. It really focuses on the psychological aspect of what these kids are going through in mm-hmm. their minds. And I'm telling you, during my high school years, when I was watching it during the VHS tape trading era. That was a that was one of those animes that was a life changer mm. for myself and many people. It made you get have a broader aspect and perspective in life. And that's when I was like, this is anime. When mm-hmm. anime makes you see points of reality in the form of what they have. And I, I'll give another one. Uh Devil Man Crybaby is another one that is just phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal, man. It's 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 out there, but no, I get I get it exactly. When it comes to My Hero Academia, they do touch on some things that people maybe not. Maybe it's just that they're not ready to understand it. They they're not sophisticated enough to understand it at the time. But there is a reason why anime exists. And yeah. when we when we saw this when we saw anime in the nineties when it was once called Japanimation at the time before it was adopted <laughs> anime. <laughs> Um, before we fully adopted the term anime, um, it was something we'd never seen before because we had our American cartoons. We had the Beavis and Butthead, the Ren and Stimpies, and as yeah. much as I love them uh, dearly and, and the Looney Tunes and stuff, and like anime took us to a whole nother level that yeah. us as growing teenagers never saw before. And it was a for it was our sophisticated content. You know, mm-hmm. you can match it up to any primetime television. Still to this day, Naruto, they play that at like at nighttime for yeah. a reason. In, in the West Coast, they do it. Like in the East Coast, it's like four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So that's the only reason why, one of the biggest reasons why is I wish I lived in the West Coast. Because last time I went there for San Diego Comic Con, I was like, dude, I'm in San Diego Comic Con and I get to watch Tsunami on, on like an early, like eight o'clock. Oh. <laughs> when it's like 10 oh. o'clock, it's like 10 or 11 o'clock. And it went back at home. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm down with this. But, <laughs> but no, I get it. No, I absolutely get it. But like, I totally agree with you on your notion and, and fandom for uh, Midoriya. It's it's valid and, and concrete as hell mm-hmm. on it. And what else are you uh, into as far as anime? Uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I feel as is one of the per. Is oh my god, that's been so talked about lately. That's weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. That conversation about that series has been brought up a lot lately in the last couple of weeks. It's amazing that you brought that up. It, I mean, with good reason. It's mm-hmm. for for the same reason for some of the same reasons that My Hero Academia is great. You know, it, it's yeah. not it's not about you know. I mean, the action. The action is a background. The but uh, but it's it's the the story is great. Absolutely the great. 
and they talk about stuff that is not often brought up in in animated products. They talk about racism. They, yes. I'm like what? Right. This is incredible. It truly is incredible. Um, I said Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, but I meant to say just Full Metal Alchemist. Period. Well, the, the thing is, you can actually contrast the two because they are different. Once you hit like so, a certain level, a certain number of episodes, they go in the same direction, and then all of a sudden, one takes a detour left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like if you yep. put them together, it's kind of like the scene on Fast and the Furious when Paul Walker's car and him goes away to the other side. That's how oh. different it goes. It is like, okay, where did her, where did his father come from? because he's not in the original version and that's when things start to go like full left (laughs) with with brotherhood and brotherhood just becomes more a little bit more intriguing than the original (laughs) okay Uh, uh, that's fair that's fair um i i try not to say brotherhood is better than the original or that the original is better than the than the that's uh, why i'd say i was like i was a little bit more intriguing because to me i love them both and i like Mm -hmm. the fact that i can revisit both of them and know that you're going to get something different out of both. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and, and if anyone has not watched either series, I suggest you watch both and that you watch the original first. Yes, agree. From, from my from my experience, um, people say they watch Brotherhood and they can't watch the original. Yeah. Part of the reason because the anim- the animation of the original is not as is not as good as Brotherhood. Yeah. With you no know, fair. Studio Bones was still, you know, building their resume to become Studio Bones that everyone knows <laughs> today. Right. And by Brotherhood, they had reached that. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the animation is blown out of the water. It's amazing. Yeah. Have you there watched is... the actual live action movie? I did. What did you think? <sighs> and did you watch it? In, did you watch the uh, sub version or the dub version? I watched the sub version. Okay. Yeah, give, me your, sub... give me your um, opinion on the, on the sub version. Uh, of the of the animated of the movie, the movie, movie, yeah. Um, <sighs> so Alphonse doesn't sound like a kid. Yeah, and that was part of everything. That that was a big that was a big factor for Alphonse. Alphonse is the younger brother, and here and you see this. Imagine you're in the world of Full Metal Alchemist, right? Right. You see this seven foot tall suit of armor heading towards you, and he's pretty intimidating. Right. And he sounds like this. <laughs> this is just what this is just what he sounds like, brother. But no, he you sounded, actually almost sound just like the the actual uh, voice, the American voice of him. Oh no, I don't. <laughs> that that <laughs> to an extent, yeah, you did. I was like, okay. <laughs> thank you. I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, but. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't sound like a kid, and that kind of bo- that bothered me. Yeah, because I was like, well, you know, I don't, I don't buy that he's younger now. Yeah. Um, then there's also the fact that they tried to squeeze the entire brotherhood. Yes, it was so condensed. <laughs> I was like, what? It was so condensed. No, no. It, it's like they got all the highlights of what everybody loved about the, the about the movie, and just crammed them mm-hmm. in, and didn't allow it to stretch out like. Like you could have just spread out into a sequel. They did the same thing with Bleach too, by the way. Which I, I, I have watched Bleach in its Bleach. And, no, I, I tell you this. I think Bleach is more enjoyable. Okay. But I can also say, as far as uh, Full Metal, mm-hmm. credit to them because it, if you go on the Netflix version, the English audio is there, and therefore all of the actors 
are on the uh, audio version as well. So you do get the respect. Yes. Mignogna and all of them are on air. Every one of them are on air and they reprise their roles on air. And um, they do respect. It it actually does make the movie better to tolerate the second time around with the, uh, with the, uh, U.S. voice actors, and you don't really focus on the fact that they crammed everything down, but I, I give them credit for this. That one scene that everybody hates, they did right. Okay. They did that justice. Would they, uh, what, did, what is the father's name? Von Hohenheim. Say it again? Von Hohenheim? Yes, who, who, uh, took, he, he, the daughter and the dog. <laughs> Still. Oh, 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 Shout Tucker. Shout yes, Tucker, Tucker yes. Tucker. To this day, he is still the most hated character in all of anime. And probably all of all of antagonist. <laughs> yeah. He, he he's bad to anyone who has not seen the show. And again, for to avoid spoilers, I will not say. Um It's okay. horrible. <laughs> it's so it's so sad. It uh it I didn't know what to do with my life after that. <laughs> It's funny because even to this day, it's been like what over like God. It's I can't even imagine. It's probably like fifteen, maybe twenty years since Full Metal came out. Now, believe it or not, the original series came out in two thousand three, I think, or two thousand one. Yeah, so it's it's like definitely over fifteen. Yeah, and it's, the minute right. somebody puts up a meme about that situation, people, you see a lot of sad or angry, you know, icons on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Reference to that. It's like, it, it, always the same thing. Too soon. <laughs> it's been yeah. over 15 years. It's almost still too soon. It's it's awful, man. But it's, I mean, the, but the movie in general is it's awesome. The other thing I like about um, anime, too, is that they, you know, there's a lot of evolution involved mm-hmm. in anime. You always see people grow and evolve in their lives in anime. Mm-hmm. You also see some anime where people don't come, where characters don't come back. Mm-hmm. And I think that is very believable. It actually, I, I told Molly when she's been on the show, when she was on the show, I like I told her like the first time I, I actually used Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm to as like cliff notes to catch up to some of the episodes that I didn't get to see. And I yeah. wish I didn't now because unfortunately I found out Jiraiya died Ooh. during that game and Ooh. I was done. Ooh. I was so I, I it was like I love the way this looks on this game, but to find that out on this was just like, oh my god! Now I got to see the original, and it's going to be even more dramatic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I was well, done. Oh man, ah oh, man, yikes! Uh, <laughs> I didn't watch the Putin. Don't kill me, Miley. Um, <laughs> uh, I also played um, some of the games to like you know to fill to fill in what was going on, mm-hmm. um, but. Yeah, but I watched the whole thing now. So now yeah, I got you. <laughs> no, but you just here's the thing too. But I would say why before she kicks your ass. Um, <laughs> there's a chance that she will be listening to this episode. I know. <laughs> I posted about this and she was and she commented. She commented. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> but I digress. But the same reason that you love. Uh, Midoriya is the exact same reason you should love almost all of the characters, well, actually virtually every character on Naruto. And it's the mm-hmm. reason why it is legendary at this point and iconic because the, the writing in that show is 
so amazing. It's so dramatic. It's so touching. It's so relatable, and it's believable. Mm-hmm. You know, as to what was going on, we just had a conversation about uh, Sakura. You know how she was as a kid, and how she was during the uh, Shippuden era, and then on to the Baruto era. She has become such a dominating, empowering character in that show mm-hmm. since the days that she was just, you know, gawking at, you know, um, at Sasuke all the time. Yeah. And yeah. but she still fell in love with him. But as she grew, she started realizing that like she needed to be more realistic about what's going on. And if it doesn't happen, it has to happen. But I need to be me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah. relying on the love that she had for her. It was more on her own confidence and her strength. And I yeah. loved the direction they went with. Like uh, Naruto, a lot of people can relate to him too because, you know, some people were, you know, I, I, it's not even an or thing, but people grew up in some really harsh times and situations. Mm-hmm. They were left out. They weren't, they, people treated them bad. They, they were not valued. And here you got a character who's fighting for his value. He's fighting for his belief. And he, I, I mean, I still go through that, <laughs> you know, trying yeah. to prove my worth to other people. Yeah. You know, that's kind of reason why I kind of, you know, gave my, you know, my self-proclaimed title, the Joe Kage. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. But, but, and honestly, I love that. I love that narrative about, all of the characters in it because everybody has their own thing going on. And it's, it's, I, I look at that and then I watch something like on ABC at nighttime or CBS at nighttime. I'm like, this is one and the same. Mm-hmm. This is the same sophisticated type of narrative, just in animated form. And yeah. there's some mystical mysticism going on, but it's still a awesome show. Yes. <laughs> so yes. on a video game front, which, uh, what are you uh, rocking? Right now I'm playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> Uh, wait, wait, before you do that, how deep of a conversation can we have about that right now? Because uh, not that deep. Because okay, I didn't <laughs> thank you play for telling the original me. Game, yeah, I didn't play the original game. I know, I know, I'm horrible. No, no, um, don't be horrible. Because I played the original game, but I also fell off the original game because I screwed up so bad and I was traumatized since. So now I got my redemption from this one. <laughs> okay, okay, good. You're okay. I, I found that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm. I think I just reached chapter nine. Okay, C seven. Uh, so, yeah, um, but I, I, I love this game. I love it so much. It will be hard to beat this game for Game of the Year. I mean, even if we didn't have a pandemic, this will be a very hard game to beat. Mm-hmm. Music, acting, storytelling, it's just all around the gameplay. Just, I, man, the same way I felt last year when, when I was playing Spider-Man. It's the same feeling I have this year, but maybe just a tiny bit more. Oh, and you're Spider-Man. talking about a Spider-Man fan right here. Dude, dude. Can, let, let me let me talk about Spider-Man real quick. Oh, by all <laughs> means. When they dropped the trailer for that game in 2016. When, when, when the crowd in, um, at uh, E3 with bananas over that. Dax, I cried. Same here. I was like, is this the Spider-Man game? Is this it? Mm-hmm. Is this is this the Spider-Man game we've been waiting for? Now take note, this was like a year after the fact that we all cried in 2015 when Final Fantasy VII was announced. Mm. You know what's funny? Mm-hmm. And I'll get back to Spider-Man in a minute. We actually, I actually when the week that that game was coming out because I made it a big promotional thing. Um, yeah. I reviewed it, I talked about it. Um, you know, we were talking about it in Facebook groups and stuff. The week that that came on, I went back 
and watched the original announcement at E3. Mm-hmm. This is for Final Fantasy, right? Final Fantasy VII Remake. When they had first announced it and surprised everybody, and mm-hmm. how, hearing the crowd go crazy, like rock star level for that. Well, and then I not only watched that, and I'm almost getting emotional now just talking about it still. It's crazy. I've already beat the game twice. <laughs> but I looked at the videos of the reactions from people. It's hard to watch. It is hard. I don't know what it is about that game, but there's a sense of hope Mm. in that game. There's a sense of you got everything that went on in in, in a person's life, all the crap that you had to take. For once in your life, something right came right, and it was that. Mm. This was indeed coming. We finally get something that we really, truly wanted. And when we got this game, and you're playing it now, Mm -hmm. it's like hope happens. Hope exists in the form of this game right now, and in the form of Spider-Man to that extent as well. Dude. Because Mm. both of them, to me, are like equally phenomenal. Mm. (laughs) Like, as a a Spider-Man fan, I got everything I want. As a Final Fantasy VII fan, I got everything I wanted more. (laughs) Oh. I'm obsessed with Final Fantasy VII. I'm playing it whenever I can. Um... The music, for yes. one, is incredible. You know the soundtrack I, is... Uh, they're going to sell a soundtrack. Uh, I think this week... Or, or no, at the end of this month, they're going to um, sell the soundtrack. The entire... Thank goodness. Entire, I, got, I was like, there's no way in the world that they are going to have this music, this orchestra, this beautiful music, and not, you know, sell it to fans. Oh, no. Not. It's going to be a five-disc. It's coming out. There's one in particular song that I want from that album. It's a very tranquil um tune i and i don't think you're there yet i don't mm-hmm. know if you, like where's where are you at with uh chapter nine right now so um we just reunited with with um we just saw tifa getting hauled away in the uh in the um in the carriage going to don corneo okay so you're at the corneo scene okay so mm-hmm. is this before see you didn't see it before it's gonna be hard for me to say this mm-hmm. Um, how, how is the, how is the, uh, the town that they're in right now? Uh, so, uh, Aerith and I just got, just, just finished, um, doing all the side quests for, for, um, Sector 5 with the, uh, the, um, all the jerry-rigged homes. Um, so we saw, we, we met with the kids uh, Mm -hmm. who allowed us to play in their hideout, um, and and Arid's mom. Oh, the school kids. The, okay, you're not there yet. You're not there I'm yet. Not, so I'm going to keep it. I'm going to shut it right now. Okay. But all right. you're going to hear. There's going to be a time when you get further, mm-hmm. and you're going to hear some beautiful music in there. And it's going to be one that may just stick to your head the entire time because this is there's a guitar solo. It's like like smooth jazz type of mm-hmm. tune. It is awesome, and I I, I can it, it soothes me so well. And I'm like I have to find this. The song. I've been looking all over iTunes and all this stuff for this, and it hasn't been there. And lo and behold, they did announce that they're going to be selling the soundtrack, uh, I think on the 23rd or sometime in the end of this month. Good. It, it, yeah, they, they can take my money. <laughs> I, I got the, um, del- I ordered the deluxe version of, of the game, and, I, and they gave me the mini soundtrack. Yes. Which is like, I'm like, great. But like, it's not it's, the whole thing. <laughs> the one, exactly, and that's that, that was you know they did exactly what they were trying to do. They teased the hell out of us because I have that too, and I was looking for that song, and I'm like, damn, that song's not in it. 
<laughs> they they did the drug deal bit with us, gave us a sample, and all of a sudden, like, well, you want more? Oh, you gotta come, you gotta come with it, brother. <laughs> so, so they, you know, they 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 duped us, and rightfully so, they deserve it. But yeah, you're gonna enjoy it. Um, I'm gonna, I'm this is all I'm gonna tell you. Mm-hmm. Bring lots of water by the time you reach the end. You're gonna need it. <laughs> lots of water. Lots of water for my. I have lots of bottles of water. Oh. By the end. Oh, oh this is gonna be like it's gonna be like the hardest boss. And I want you to get back and get back to me when you do. Okay. Because I really am, I really want to get your reaction to what you uh your uh after you play through the whole entire thing as well. Okay. This is All right. Awesome. So aside from that, what any any other thing that you uh you're playing um, or just you're just fully on uh. I'm playing um, Smite with my friends right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Smite Battleground of the Gods. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a MOBA uh, where you play as like you know mythological gods and and heroes mm-hmm. from all different from a, from a bunch of different pantheons. They have um, Greek, obviously, because they're like you know everyone knows the Greek gods. Yeah. Um, some Roman gods, Mayan gods, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Celtic gods. They've they've started putting on Yoruba gods, so like you know Western African gods. They got um, Olorun and Yamoja on there. Yeah. Uh, Egyptian gods are there. You've got two Arthurian characters, um, so King Arthur and Merlin, of course. Um, and that and that that's that's a fun game that I play with my friends. It's quite rage inducing. But... <laughs> of course, it's with friends. <laughs> Of course, uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a fun game, you know. Mm-hmm. Find some gods that you're good at playing. Find some hero or, or heroes or whatever. Yeah. Me personally, it's Medusa and uh, Mulan, mm-hmm. who uh, who I'm who I'm really 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 good with. Um, but yeah, you find find some gods, find some items that you can build with them, and then you know play play, uh, fight other players, and it's it's fun, rage inducing. You want to cry, but it's it's fun. So <laughs> so Smite's fun. I'm also I'm also like back and forth on like dark on the Dark Souls series. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait for Elden Ring to come out. I don't care that I haven't seen gameplay. <laughs> I don't care. I I just, I know it's gonna be great. I love Game of Thrones. I love Dark Souls. Right. And just shut up and take my money from soft. <laughs> The Elden Ring. <laughs> Tracy, so I got two more questions for you. I, and of course, it's been a blast to have you on. I'm definitely going to want to have you come back on again on some form or fashion on the show because you're awesome. <laughs> so it's so fun to do this. Yeah, absolutely. I told you, you, you get the gist of it. <laughs> but I got two more questions for you. Then we're going to rock it out, let people know where they can find you at. So, yes, one, as a voice actor or an actor, mm-hmm. if you had a choice, I'll give you two. I'll give you two. You had a choice of an anime and a video game that you want to work on. What would that be? Oh man. Um lately I've been thinking about The Witcher. To be <laughs> you had to pull myself off of that game. <laughs> it came on a switch and I heard so much about it, I heard people talking about it, I finally jumped on it. I almost didn't jump off. <laughs> but, I, but I did beat through the game and I'm like this is an ever-going accomplishment. I love this. This is awesome. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm, I'm there with you. I don't blame you. <laughs> the voice acting from The Witcher is just incredible. Yeah. Um, and 
uh, oh my god, for an anime, Jesus, I don't, I don't know, because there, there's so many, there's some good ones out there. No, you gotta be rude. (laughs) I know. Mm, You know what? Like, what's the one that's actually gonna make like really that you can relate to that you may be able to easily get a good flow, you know, of uh, acting chops in? You know, man, if they introduce, you know, some more young heroes in in My Hero Academia, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love it. I tell you it's, what, there is, and I don't know if you read the manga or if you read manga at all, but there is a Vigilante series yes, from My um, Hero that I'm surprised that has not seen a light of day in anime form yet. I'm wondering if they're going to wait until, like, they get to a certain place in the anime yeah. to start animating Vigilantes. I haven't read Vigilantes yet. Neither have I, but I'm, I, funny thing, I have a Shonen Jump account, and I have not jumped on it yet. Dude, do it! Um, <laughs> I'm reading I'm reading the manga right now. Yeah. Um, I'm, and I, like, started, I started from the beginning because I finished season four. Yeah. And I was like, all right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going <laughs> to see how it compare, how the, how the manga, the anime compare, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of how they're drawn. Are there different story beats or whatever, yeah. which there are some. Mm-hmm. Um, Fillers. No, I mean not yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But see, here's the thing: my hero does filler really well. They do. They, I, I do. I, I agree. Like, um, some of the best fillers lately has been for my hero and, and Dragon Ball Super. To be mm-hmm. honest, of all okay. of like the the recent you know anime that has come out in the last few years, they mm-hmm. they're starting to get better with them. Yeah, they. I think if my hero my hero uses their fillers to develop characters and not just to like you know. Hey, we don't know what we're doing, so you're not- <laughs> we're going to have a party today in, in, in uh, UA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and if they did have that kind of thing, they would they would develop some characters, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they'd find a way. Yeah. Because even with um, the, like the the season two finale, yeah. I was like, ah, oh, man, my hero, you're letting me down. <laughs> but then it became so much more, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my, oh mm-hmm. what? Uh. Yeah, my hero does feel there very well. Um, so, but yeah, to answer answer your question, um, I would love to work on my hero academia. I love it. I love the show so so much. Mm-hmm. I I re I watch it through like you know YouTubers reactions. So mm-hmm. I really don't know how many times I've technically watched the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you have a Funimation account? I don't have a Funimation account. Um, <laughs> I did have a Funimation account, and I'm thinking about getting one again. It's like because, one of the cheapest like streaming networks I have. Right, that's weirdly I'm, I'm cheap. Like eight ninety nine, seven ninety nine. I think it's seven ninety nine, but that's because you get like both audio and uh, you get multi audio in there as opposed to Crunchyroll, which I think is a dollar less because they only they're mostly predominantly you know sub, mm. which is yeah. cool for the anime uppity folks out there. But <laughs> I, I like I like my dub. You know. Um, here, let, let's can, can we talk about that for a second? Oh, always. I, I I advocate that conversation all the time right here. It's the term uh, anime uppity. <laughs> here, here's the thing. Um, if you like sub, cool. If you like dub, cool. <laughs> there, 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 there shouldn't be this elitist battle of like you know. It's oh, it's stupid. It's so stupid, isn't it? So dumb. It is so. Here's the thing. The, here's my take on it. Here's my perspective on it, and, and my observation of this whole thing. Yes. I And I've mentioned this before. And people try to shy away from this. And I think it may be true because they shy away from it. But I think the idea of people, of the elitists, of the anime uppity, what I call them, that loves the idea of subs being uh, 
more I mean, being superior to doves, which is ridiculous, mm-hmm. is only because that it's another language mm-hmm. and another country. Mm-hmm. It's something very foreign to them, mm-hmm. and it makes them feel cultured mm. in a way that, like, okay, I just because I'm watching a movie, I am actually learning Japanese. And as a person who is who was tutored in Japanese, that is not how you do it. <laughs> okay, so that's one thing. So it, a lot of it is basically pretentious. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, in my opinion, is pretentious. I do like watching subs when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there's to me subs. I can't really tell if a sub, if if, if, sub, if a sub actor is good or not. And mm-hmm. here's the other key to it, and I thought about it before. It was like, you can like it all you want, and you could think it's better by all you want. But say if somebody from Japan, mm-hmm. you know, from their native uh, land, actually watches the content that we so love, and they actually think it's crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you how are you defending this what, by what yeah. means are you saying that this is right you're just saying it strictly because they're speaking a whole another language mm-hmm. and you're thinking that because you are able to read an English language and not hiragana or katakana or kanji mm-hmm. <laughs> that you're able to enjoy it. The, the, it it's ridiculous it is ridiculous it's just ridiculous as saying I don't believe in COVID-19 but I have a hazmat suit on see what i'm doing on my camera right now oh god oh god that's how ridiculous the whole idea of trying to support you know the sub only elitism is to me it's like yeah you're 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 you like subs but you're reading it in english so what's your point yeah you know get hit me up when you when you watch it in raw footage with no subtitle yeah yeah (laughs) That, that I mean, oh god. <laughs> Does that help you enough? <laughs> right. Uh, and here's another thing to keep in mind with dubs. Um mm-hmm. because the the Japanese act, uh, voice actors, I from what I understand, they tend to have a certain advantage in that the um the animation is matched to their It's made speech. for their dialogue, yeah. Yes. And then when it's it's sent over to America, the animation's already done. And that's where so, the ADR comes in. Yes, so you have to like so the so American voice actors and not 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 American voice actors but dubbers. Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but dubbers a dubber's job is to make sure that the same idea is being communicated when within whatever time and whatever movements the lip flaps. Yes. The lip flaps are like you know how the the character moves their mouth. Mhm. You, that, that's what you have. While also making the dialogue and the and the narrative still match up to make sense of what they're doing in Japan to re, you know respect the culture, and that's yeah. another reason why I like the actors of today because in the '90s when they first started doing anime, mm-hmm. there was a lack of respect, and not a, not a, not not to take down any actors that were doing it, but they you know they were given what they were told to do, but there mm-hmm. wasn't a respect for the ideology and the culture of Japan at the time. Whereas yeah. now it is being taken much more respectful and much more serious. And we got hardworking people like the ones that we know that mm-hmm. are putting so much more quality into it. And if you compare and contrast what you saw in the 90s to some of it to what you see now, it is a big difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, my friend O.G. Banks, um, who was in the show with me, mm-hmm. um, uh, he, who, who also, incidentally, was in Naruto uh, Shippuden. He played uh, Darui. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. He, 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 he made that clear to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That, that, that makes sense now. Yeah. It, it gave me a, a new appreciation for does because I, pre- I generally preferred subs. Yeah. But knowing that information makes dubs, uh, made dubs for me more, uh, they made more sense. Yeah. It made more sense why dubs are the way they are, which is not to say that dubs are bad. No, not not at all. But what they have to do. And, and again, this is also talking, this is coming from people who don't understand how things work and they assume that they do Mm -hmm. and they have not any clue as to what work goes into it and how much hard work do they do. And, you know, it's it's like I said, it's pretentious. <laughs> it's all hell. It's uppity as hell, and mm-hmm. it's a lack of education on it to that extent. So, I mean, no, I, I get you. I get you. I'm there with you. I, I every so often, I probably will have this conversation again of how people react because people think that they know, but they really don't until they actually do do the homework or do the research or you know have the experience to understand. Yeah, you know. So I get it. So. One more question for you. Um, you got we got the pandemic going on. Do you have is there any plans to, uh, you know, once this is over of what you possibly going to do? And, it, uh, you know, once this is done and, uh, you know, I know you, I know you mentioned some of the, you know, that the play may come back. Hopefully it does. Or the musical may come back and hopefully it does. And hopefully we, I can find my way because. Between you and Molly and, and um, her other friend, uh, Danielle, and I, I, they always work in some of these cool-looking plays and musicals that my wife and I would love to go. But it seems mm-hmm. like the hot spot for all of that is in – is rather, if it's not New York, it's always is with you guys in the West Coast with these, yeah. uh, cool, with these cool stage uh, plays and musicals and everything. It's like all the creativity is up there. What? I'm, I'm here in Philly eating cheesesteak. <laughs> That's hey. great. I could go. For, you know what? I might go for a Philly cheesesteak for lunch. Shoot, if you can pull it down. But we we can, unless Will unless Will Smith is actually under the grill, I can. <laughs> I can call. We can possibly call it. That. But um, yeah. Do you have any other plans or any ambitions to like even in going down to uh, twenty twenty one? Because by that time, we have to be back in some yeah. form or fashion. Yeah. Um. Honestly, man. Uh. It's not. It's not that I'm going to be taking a break from this, but I'm going to spend some time being social. Um, I miss my friends. I I never, ever, ever, ever thought I would say I miss hugging people, which is not (laughs) not because I don't like hugging people, because I do love hugging people. And I never thought I'd be in a situation, we'd be in a situation where we can't hug our friends. Right. We can't be to our friends. That makes me so sad. Yeah. I, I I can't I've, I've a couple a couple of friends have been like you know feeling something and you know my first instinct is like you know come here right I right. got here and I can't do that and that crushes me I and think he, I think you speak for a like a ton of people in our society right now yeah yeah I, I'm just hey. You want to go to a bar? Let's go to yeah. a bar. You want, you want to go to go on a jog? Let's mm-hmm. go on a jog. Just gonna just gonna spend more time just being in close proximity with my friends. Yeah, it's gonna be very very interesting when this is all over and we're fully back and completely in tune. Uh, I don't know when it's gonna be. Whenever they get the vaccine going, whatever they possibly have a come up with some form of formula that will be able to at least 
um, put yourself back into back into perspective healthily, healthy wise with this situation? I don't know when, but when it come back, I know there's going to be some hesitation, but I know. Yeah, totally. I, I'm really interested to see how from a, a psychological and emotional factor and a sociological factor. Mm-hmm. How we're going to react to people? Are we going to be a little bit more nice to the people? Are we going to are we going to take more things for granted like we did before? You know, yeah. There there is whether we like it or not, there may be a means for a reboot of America, and we I hate to say it, but this may be something. You know, ex, you know, with the exception of all the you know passings and deaths of, of loved ones that we had through, since this whole thing is happening, which is horrible. Mm-hmm. This. Aside from that, this may be something that we, this society, because before that, we have been, we were going to a boiling point of how we were acting towards each other, whether it was social, especially in social media, um, mm-hmm. just in general, we've become very cynic, we've become, and it, this may be the, our darkest hour that may possibly pull us up, hopefully. And unfortunately, there are some hiccups in this whole thing. Yeah. Unfortunately. But, you know... The overall effect, this may hopefully be a means for a true change, and I'm hoping that. Yeah, I oh, I, I need that, man. Yeah, I mean, we all do. I, I really, really do hope that we come together as people. Um, my friends will all tell you, like, you know, oh, you know, he, he'll he'll be like, ah, he, humans suck, humanity sucks, mm-hmm. and which I think is objectively, like, true. We have sucked. But I also hope for humanity. Yeah, I want us to be better. Um, we can be better. There is there is so much potential for good. Yeah, and for us to better the world, to you know, and not and that's not just like you know, with like you know, literally the planet, but like how we interact as people, how we interact with the world, how we. Oh man, I I, I just need this. I get you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bro. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So on that note, I do want to thank you, Tracy. You've been awesome on the show. And uh, definitely, you know, once things get back into order, say, you know, whether I have a subject or even if I have um, that I think you may be good for, or even though I like a blockbuster movie, whatever. Remember those? <laughs> whatever those come back. <laughs> remember that. So, oh, my God. You know, you know, if that ever comes back oh and we start doing reviews for that, I would love to have you back on. You know, some form of fashion. So, I mean, you've been awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Dax. It, it's been great, and yeah, I, I'd love to come back. This is this has been so much fun. Good. I, that's my key goal whenever I have somebody on the show is that they have a lot of fun. And I'm still, I am still like fifty and O or something like that. Too. <laughs> I guess being on the show, I loved it. So, I'm awesome. Thank you so very much, Tracy. Folks, that will do it for this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I hope you guys have enjoyed this very special episode. And um, this is going to be interesting, uh, how things are going to go. But check us out. You can always come and check our show out right here on TalkTimeLive.com. You can also go on to all major uh, groups or major platforms, that is. That is Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, my God, it just goes on and on. Pocket Cast and all uh, Amazon devices. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere that you want to hear all things anime, comics, movies, and games. Just want to let everybody know there's something really special coming in this week. Uh, If you've played the game, the much-anticipated cult classic from Sega, uh, Streets of Rage 4, 
I got a really big surprise for you. I am going to have the one and only art director, creative designer, the guy be pretty much behind almost virtually everything that this game was about, Ben Fiquette, all the way from Paris, France. He will be on the show this week. Uh, he is the CEO of Lizard Cube Game Studios, and he was nice enough to not only come on to the show to talk about his work on the game, but he looked out for me. He gave me some of his artwork to put on the uh, promos in the uh, ACMD Facebook group, so you guys can check it out there. And uh, it was a great collab. I, I created a great collab uh, graphic uh, for that. But he's coming on this week to talk about it. He's more than thrilled. He's listened to some of the interviews that I've had with some of the other game designers and such. So he's, he's uh, excited about being on the show. We're going to talk about this game. And I'm telling you, Tracy, if you haven't played anything... If you haven't played the original uh, Streets of Rage games, you I don't know how, what type of a genre you're in. You like Final Fantasy, you like um, multi-online video games, but if you like, if you're really down with like just old school beat 'em up arcade styles, this game is for you. And uh, I reviewed this game last week; it was awesome. And to have him on the show to talk about it and, and the artwork that he put in there. it's it's tremendous. I'm looking very forward to talking to him as well. So definitely check him out. You can also check out all of our interviews on TalkTimeLive.com forward slash exclusive to check out all of the interviews that we've had uh, since, since the jump. I've organized them all in there. They're there. Some of your favorite uh, episodes with some of the best in all things anime, comics, movies, and games. You can check it out there as well. So, Tracy, again, thank you. Before we go, let our uh, listeners know where they can find you. Yes. Uh, so thank you again, Dax, for having me. Um, you guys can find me on Instagram at Tracy Dory Actor. And my name is spelled T-R-E-C-E-Y-D-O-R-Y, -E -E actor. That's one word on Instagram. And on Facebook, I have a page called Tracy Dory, comma, actor. And, uh, yeah, that's where, you, that's where you guys can find me. Um, I, hope to, I hope to see you guys again and that I'll be putting out content for you guys to enjoy. And, uh, Dax, again, thank you so much for having me. Uh, and it's let, been, it's yeah. been my pleasure. You've been awesome, man. So, folks, that will do it. On behalf of myself and Tracy Dory, all I got to say is learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of here. Have a great and please safe week. Take care. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.